0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Lincoln Kennedy, Raider Radio Analyst, Pac-12 Network Analyst. Lincoln, good morning.
1: Good morning, gentlemen, to you and yours. Happy holidays. I hope everybody's safe and healthy. And as always, I appreciate being with you guys, so thanks for
0: having me. Well, we appreciate having you on, and Happy New Year to you, too. The countdown is on. Yes. So, I don't know how you do it, but you find yourself right in the middle of the best stories. We love having you on. <laughs> what did you think? And I don't want to put it on Jacobs because I think he was told to do it, and so he was just executing the plan, right? But yeah. Jacob slides at the one-yard line. Yeah. Did you feel good about that when, he, when it happened, or did you think, no, there's too much time, this is a problem?
1: Let me, let me preface this by saying that I understand the situation that a lot of players are in, especially young players who are new to the game and just want to do what they're instructed to do, don't want to be that person that costs their team a game. But I played for John Gruden, uh, and John Gruden was conservative back when I played for him, and he's still conservative today. And there have been a lot of things that I didn't necessarily see eye-to-eye with him uh, first and most notably, he's a lot shorter than I am, so it's not really <laughs> eye to eye. It's not really fair. It's eye to top of head. Anyway, that's another story short for another day. But um, <laughs> uh, didn't, didn't necessarily agree with him, but had to go with it. And I remember um, the, the most vivid memory that I had was when we were fourth and one in New England during the Tuckroo game on midfield. And the play before, our guard had mistakenly got the wrong call. I don't know how it happened, but he went the wrong way. Um, We were running one of our notable plays, 14 blasts, that we were notoriously successful on. And the play before, in the third down play, we got stuffed in New England for no gain. And we realized what went wrong, so all of us collectively as an offensive line, as an offensive unit, were looking to John Gruden and say, yo, just run the same play again. We'll get the first down. We'll put this game away. We'll beat New England in New England on the the tuck rule day. And he chose to punt, and we never got the ball back offensively after that. That was a conservative call. That was what we deem these days as an analytical call. Most people will tell you who study analytics will tell you that was the right decision. Where we're going back to what happened against Miami, will tell you that that's the right decision to do with Jacobs, because statistically or analytically, it's to impossible with no timeouts and little time on the field that you know whomever is at quarterback for the Miami Dolphins will be able to drive the length of the field and get a field goal. I've never believed in analytics. I was always of the mindset you make it as difficult as on the opponent as possible. So I was in the, the, it might be deemed as the minority, where score the touchdown, go up by six or seven if you're able to get the two-point conversion, and make the opposing team drive the length of the field to get a touchdown to beat you, no matter how much time is on the field or on the clock or no matter how, how much you don't believe in your defense, I, it, it doesn't matter. Make a team do the impossible and drive the length to the field. Just a couple of weeks before, it was a mismanaged game by the defensive coordinator Greg Williams in New York that provided the miracle in the Meadowlands. The Raiders weren't supposed to score on a long pass to end the game to beat the, to beat the Jets. No, that, that's not supposed to happen conversely, what happened with against Miami is not supposed to happen. You're not supposed to get a long pass versus, well, they shouldn't have been in cover two for the beginning, but a you know, bad defense, along with a face mask that added an extra 15 yards to put you in field position to allow you to kick the winning field goal. When you chose to go up by two, and the field goal beat you. So, we're going back to square one to answer your question. I've never believed in conservative play and and anything I've ever done
2: well, the good thing about the Raiders is they're all sorts of exciting this season. You just <laughs> cited these right? two incredible games, one, one, one in which they won, the other in which they lost. So from an entertainment aspect, which is what I've said a million times, that's what I view sports as, I've been wildly entertained to watch them play. Right. Uh, as far as I don't really get caught up in the results, I just get caught up in the game themselves and how fun it is to watch, and that's been sensational. I'm wondering if it is more a statement on the lack of the faith of the defense that John did what he did. Yes.
1: Absolutely. It is. But you know what? To, to be fair, because football is a team game, if. The defense wants to start pointing fingers, or the offense wants to start pointing fingers at the defense in the locker room. I'm just a hypothetical situation. I don't know this because I have not been around the players. I'm only trying to observe from an outsider looking in, and if I was in that situation. If the offense wants to point fingers at the defense, we had to do this because we don't have any confidence in you. Or the defense is saying, well, look, we were playing lights-out ball Basically, for three and a half quarters, you guys should have done your part and scored more points. We would have never been in this position if we had, to, if we had more touchdowns and haven't settled for field goals. If that becomes the point, then, then it, you, what you're inserting is that you're sort of losing the locker room. Now, I'm the first to tell you because I cover this team, I've seen this team for years now. They need a defensive coordinator who can complement a scheme with the personnel they have. They've invested so much money and so young of talent, they need a new innovative mind to come in there and transform this defense in order to make it competitive in the National Football League. They did not have that. But over the last couple of games since Paul Gunther has been fired, the defense has been playing statistically better. So in a team game, the offense needs to give them the benefit of the doubt. Hey, look, you go out there and score points. Allow us to try to shut people down. We're not going to be perfect at times but because the offense's inability during the Miami game to put this game away when they still Miami still had 2 at quarterback allowed Brian Flores to make the change because we're only down by three. We're on the playoff bubble. We need this game. Let me put something in that's going to change the tone of this game. Everyone who studies Miami knows that uh, uh, Fitzpatrick brings a spark. He makes those throws that Tua is not confident enough to make right now. Everyone has seen that. The games that he's won, he's done that. So the Raiders knew what they had in a waiting quarterback on the sideline. But because you did not put the game away, you gave life to a a Miami team that wants to go to the playoffs. This is what you got, and that's exactly what they saw. So, yes, the defense was going to be on the heels, but the offense, in my opinion, dropped the ball by not scoring enough points to put this game away to begin with.
0: So there are gamers, and then there is whatever that last snap was for the Dolphins. that Well, I don't know if it was the last snap. Maybe they ran one more. But uh, how do you complete a pass 35 yards down the sideline while your helmet is getting spun around by the face mask? And your head's inside it. That was one of the more incredible throws I've ever seen. And it was still wobbling up there, and it looked like, you know, I had a fair catch of punt down the sideline. And I don't know where the Raider defense was. Had That ball was in the air forever. But nonetheless, as a gamer, that was an incredible play by Fitzpatrick.
1: Well, there's no doubt about it. First of all, um, in my impression, the Raiders should not have been in cover two. Secondly, it's, it's, again, it's my impression that a corner, Damon Arnett, who's a rookie in the league, and rookies make mistakes, is not used to playing cover two. When you follow his career at Ohio State, he was either a, a boundary corner or a press man corner that was used to playing man coverage, not playing cover two zone. Okay, so that's the first and foremost. He was out of position. He was supposed to, you know, on on the old basis of cover two, the corner is supposed to delay the release of the the receiver on his side, and he's supposed to watch the flat. Well, with the back or the tight end staying in for max protection, which the Dolphins had, there's no one for him to release to or look for. He should not. He should be running with that receiver for an additional 10, 15 yards. Isaiah Johnson, who was a safety on that, there was no other receiver in his vicinity, but he was worried about the seam route that the Dolphins had showed early, and he was late into getting his over to his responsibility of covering that receiver. So there was that 10, 15-yard hole that happened to someone who one of Isaiah Johnson is more of a corner than a safety. He was playing out of position due to injury and and uh lack of personnel. He had to cover that position. He was late getting over there. He should have been over there a lot sooner. And this is the same thing that plagued the Raiders when uh Worley was playing safety the week before against the Chargers and the way the Chargers beat the Raiders by running the same route versus cover 2 to beat them and and score two, two, two consecutive touchdowns. So You know, in in summation, what we have here, guys, is that there were a number of times with the Raiders' defense, especially in the secondary, that people were either out of position, didn't know what they were supposed to be doing, or didn't know how to play correctly. And that can be completely attributed to the lack of practice, the fact that both the defensive back and the secondary coach were not present at the game because they were released during – not released, they were off due to covid list responsibilities. They couldn't be at the game. So then you had Mike Mayock – who's in charge of personnel, along with another assistant coach, calling the defensive secondary. Go figure. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? This is what the Raiders were dealing with. Not to make excuses because COVID has affected every team, but when you look at this team and you look at its demise in the second half, there are a number of things that I can push pins at and say, this is the cause, this is the reason, this is what's going to happen. What's gotta happen in the future is this team needs to hire a defensive coordinator that can create a scheme that can best utilize the athletes that he has available on this team without having to go outside or look for free agency. They still need an impact player on any level of this defense, whether it's defensive line linebackers or secondary, they need an impact player, high impact player, and they don't have a lot of resources to come into it because they've already extended the resources and they still have the offensive fine to. In the future, in twenty one, I'm hoping that this Raider defense can be competitive. I'm not saying they need to be lights out. I'm not saying they need to be shut down, but they need to be competitive. They need to be middle-of-the-range competitive in order for this offense to do what it has to do. And believe me, this offense still needs adjustments as well. So we can go in extensive conversations of where they should go, what they should be doing.
2: You speak of two, you know, Miami's winning games. You know, one of them, I would say one of the bigger surprises maybe having them being 10-5 going into the last game. And Tua's got modest stats. He's not throwing for a ton of yards. He doesn't turn the ball over, too. I think he only has two interceptions. But you talk about him, you know, he wasn't ready to make those plays that Fitzpatrick is, and Fitzpatrick's been in the league for a good long time. But the Dolphins, I don't know that they've been able to answer, is Tua a franchise QB going forward? What do you think?
1: I think he can be. One of the main criticisms that came out of his career was, one, he was injury riddled and he doesn't have a big frame. That's something he has to work on on his own. But also the mentality to pull, you know, to, to, to pull on this level professional level because he did it in college he showed it when he was at Alabama the biggest thing between him and Jalen Hurts when he was at Alabama is that he wasn't afraid to pull that trigger he's an athlete but in this level what he struggled with is with the speed of the NFL and the coverages of the NFL really making that decisive and, and and taking that chance at pulling the trigger and getting the ball downhill downfield they've got a running game now, what Brian Flores and his staff in Miami has been able to do, in my opinion, is take virtually a bunch of no-names on defense. Because if you look at it, other than Howard, who are you going to say that is a considerable name on defense? Take a bunch of no-names on defense and have them playing inspiringly well under a 3-4 system that he stole from Belichick, or that he took from New England, and say so, but he took from New England. Okay, so the defense is what sets them apart. On top of that, they've got incredible production out of you know two former Huskies, Ahmed, and as well as uh, Miles Gaston's Go Dogs, uh, and you know they've been able to take that, that their running game over. So they're building in the right direction, and they've got a ton of commodity and draft choices and pay in a salary cap room to make this team a you know a legitimate contender. I don't know how good they'll be able to stand up against the Kansas Cities, but they can, they can get there. And I think they're going to be going good from this point forward. Yes, Tua is a franchise quarterback. It's, it's disappointing to see Fitzpatrick have to sort of fade, but he can be gone down, go down as a proverbial backup anywhere he goes because he's capable of playing, and he proved that.
0: So the Chiefs are 14-1, and but they have won six straight games. By six points or less. They have had some nail biters. They were very fortunate the Falcons missed a field goal that was completely makeable to uh, avoid overtime this past week. And I've been wondering why this happened. I read a story that they have had just offensive line issues. It's been one guy after another. Never a wave of them, but like every couple weeks there's a problem, and sometimes they've got to move a guy because of a problem. So really it's two changes because of one injury. Is that why this is close? Is the league catching up to them? Is it more the injuries in the O-line? Is it something else?
1: Yes. <laughs> First of all, I'll say a win is a win. It doesn't matter if you win by 1 or 31. It's still a win. And and so you you have that. Patrick Mahomes is going to be a force in this league, as you already know. He's you know, on set to be a, a future first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no denying that. But every good team has had sort of a chink in their armor. It's whether or not you can expose it. When the Raiders played the Chiefs back in, in week five of this year, when Coletio Simile went down with double knee injuries on a freak play, the Raiders were able, defensive line were able to take advantage of the, the sort of uh, quickly piece together offensive line to generate pressure, to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes to make him uncomfortable, for them to win that game. Now, if you can do that every week, that's going to be a noticeable chink in the Kansas City Chiefs' armor. However, they still have great offensive firepower. They still find a way to win on special teams. They still find a way with Steve Spagnuolo, who's probably going to be a future head coach, another head coach in the National Football League in one of these uh, vacant positions, to, to, to get that push or to find that defensive stop to make those plays. So it doesn't matter if you're winning by one or 31, a win is a one, and they're still winning.
2: So, Dwayne Haskins gets uh, released by uh, the Washington. I call them the Pigskins. I think that's the name they should adapt. <laughs> then they could still still be called the Skins. But anyway, yeah. he comes out and he makes this st- – well, Boogie McFarland makes this statement that I wanted to get your reaction to. And he talks about how today's players come into the league not it, thinking, how can I be a better player, how can I be a better teammate? And he specifically – obviously, he's African-American, so – Let's call it like it is. He can right. say this. Uh, he said, I'm going to go ahead, especially with a, a league of that's made up of 70% of uh, African-Americans in the league. He says, here's what, they sh- here's what they come in saying. They come in saying, how can I build my brand better? How can I build my social media following better? How can I work on an Instagram and show everybody that I'm ready to go, but when I get in the game, I don't perform? And he compares Haskins to Jamarcus Russell. These are two quarterbacks, African-American quarterbacks, obviously. That ends up being bus. What's your reaction to McFarlane, who has you know a broadcaster of some stature, much right. like yourself, making these statements about these young kids coming into this league and not thinking the way they should be in terms of making themselves a better football player, a better teammate, that type of thing?
1: You know, the thing is, is that when you you break down the comments and you understand what Booger is trying to say. Uh, and understand that the remedy of the, the situation, you take in consideration that I thought Jamarcus Russell, I thought that Haskins both came in this league unprepared to deal with the world of the NFL. Now, I say that because the world of the NFL is different than the NBA. It's different than Major League Baseball. It's different than hockey. You know, you have young guys that come in with very little college experience or, you know, however you describe their college experience, coming into the world, especially when it comes to quarterback, which is the most prolific in, in the sports world because it carries the most pressure, both good and bad, whether or not they're ready for that responsibility. Haskins had one, had one good year at Ohio State, and I've often referred to underclassmen that come in out of high school or uh, one year in college to the NBA as half-baked pies they don't really know their true potential because they don't know what life is like on this level, and especially for when it comes to quarterback. And when you're quarterbacking, it doesn't matter any team. It doesn't matter if you're Jacksonville. It doesn't matter if you're Washington. It doesn't matter whomever, Seattle, whatever. You come in with the responsibility of being the, the, uh, being the impact or being the, 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 the most person, that the, the focus, the most focal point person of that team. You are the identity of that team. If you're caught in strip clubs with strippers, you're the identity of the team. You make that team look bad, whether it was innocent or what have you. You, you make that team look bad. James Harden with Houston having a birthday party at a strip club. Oh, makes it look bad. COVID. You don't all these days and all these things uh, that are exposed to that, that. Especially when it comes to social media. I have come across many players in this day and age, and I've said that players are different this day because they're more concerned about their social media presence than they are their performance presence. It's a shame it's a travesty to the game, but it is what it is. I've come across many guys that say, you know what, when you ask how long you want to play, well, you know what, I just want to go through my rookie contract, and want to test free agency, and then I want to work on my rap career, or I want to work on modeling, or I want to work on being an actor, or I want to you know, raise my social media brand because I want to be famous on TikTok. TikTok whatever the hell it is. It, it is what it is. And that's what you're dealing with these days. Um, unfortunately for the game, you, you'll, you'll tend to pull a team down with you. You know, Alex Smith will probably get the comeback player of the year. If you see the pictures of what he went through in his leg and his performance, well, that's what we want our, we want our athletes to be. We want our athletes to be seen, not necessarily heard. We want them to be on the field. We want them to perform, not necessarily what, what they do off the field. We don't care about that. It's unfortunate uh, that, that Booger has to attack it from a perspective of black and white because I don't want to mix color into it. But on top of that, you don't see, have to call it like it is, you don't see a white quarterback doing the same thing as much as you do a black quarterback that becomes deemed detrimental to the team. That forces the team to take drastic circumstances where they're releasing a former number one pick so early in his career.
0: Last thing before we let you go, the Seattle Seahawks defense. P.K. was pumping the Seahawks as a Super Bowl team right out of the gate because the offense was awesome, and Russell Wilson was in Patrick Mahomes' territory just doing whatever he wanted. But as the season's gone along, that Seattle defense – now, the offense isn't as explosive as it was, but the Seattle defense, they give up 23 points or more in every single one of their first nine games. Last six games, they haven't given up 23 points once. What has Pete Carroll done? Is it changing personnel? Is it just coaching guys up? He's not the most popular guy. I know he rubs people the wrong way, but that's that's an amazing turnaround for their defense.
1: You know what? Yeah, uh, you know, I have to disagree with you slightly because when you talk to Seahawks players, they love Pete Carroll.
0: Oh yeah, no, no, I know. I'm talking about more about oh. the, the fans and the media, and maybe it's still oh, yeah. some well, USC I mean, want
1: to make any. Especially when, yeah. when you know, defensive minded coaches struggle to do what they do, do, but best. But you know, all along, it's always been about whether or not Seattle is going to come around. They're a fan favorite for a number of reasons because you know you like Russell Wilson; he's a likable person. You take the good stories that are on that team; they're likable, and then they find a way to collection and bring it together. They were a different team without Jamal Adams, and when he was injured and inconsistent, they didn't have the punch that this defense did. Now that he's back, he's one of those impact players that I wish the Raiders would have uh, at some. Extent stream um and they found a way to motivate their guys and to raise them to a different level and take over this division notoriously they coming on late they only really had to contend with the rams because i think the cardinals are a year away 49ers are decimated by injury you get yourself in the playoff anything can happen and because the nfc is such a coin flip there's not a totally dominant team like you can you can probably make the argument for it in the afc that it's anyone's game so Seattle's right where they want to be
0: Well, Lincoln, as always, we appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, joining us, and uh, Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year to you guys. I really appreciate being with you. Thank you for having me.